This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sheila Shoiga, and this is Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. This week, I speak to historian and artist Shelley Mooney. Women are finding it to be a very empowering time around at the moment. You know, we're, 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 it's our moment. And it's just great that Bridget is here to represent that and, yeah. and embody that, I suppose. But, you know, Bridget's history is incredible. So, as you know, you probably know yourself, she's kind of two people. So we have this ancient goddess, Bridget, who uh, our pre-Christian ancestors would have worshipped. And she's part of our mythology and like that whole like the old pagan, like ritualistic kind of thing that uh, I suppose we were sort of encouraged to forget mm. <laughs> in centuries mm. gone by. Yeah. Um, but there's a great remembrance going on now. Shelley lives in Wexford, is mum to baby Ferdia, and she runs the brilliant Instagram page Tales from the Wood, which explores the history and mythology of Ireland. And in this conversation, she talks about the Celtic festival of Imbolc and the significance of Bridget and a resurgence in recent times. Here it is. I've grown up absolutely loving Ireland's uh, history, our mythology and the whole landscape and folklore that goes along with it. Um, So I've kind of followed that passion and um, after studying history in UCD decided uh, about a decade later that I would start this Instagram page called Tales from the Wood um, where I basically illustrate figures from Irish mythology and um, I just talk about our history and our ancient um, megaliths and all these amazing sites that we have around the country and it's doing really well. There's nearly 80,000 followers on there so I'm absolutely 
absolutely loving it. So I am one of your biggest fans. I think your Instagram page is gorgeous. So I'm delighted to, I'm not surprised actually that you're growing followers all the time. So tales from the wood. So let's get into it. Yeah. There seems to be a bit of debate about when spring starts. Mm. If you look around outside around the 1st of February, you'll see the little snowdrops are coming up. I mean, the climate is changing anyway so there are actually daffodils popping up now at my house randomly but definitely yeah. you can see signs of life everywhere all the little birds are starting to come out and the the leaves you can see the little buds ready to burst open and there's just a change in the air I think around the 1st of February um, and I know like that obviously will build and increase as we go into March and we'll have the spring equinox and everything but Imbolg is just such a gorgeous time you can really feel the, the fire coming into the earth and just things coming back to life it's fabulous I am a big believer <laughs> in the first yeah. of February being yeah. the start of spring and even the word because it's kind of a funny one Imbolc yes. like, what is that about but I remember reading yeah. about it is it is it based on the Irish Imawolog yes exactly so the first of February um, it's it, I mean the ancient Celtic pagan calendar was called Imbolc or Imbolc and it does exactly as you said it comes from that word Imwolog so what that is actually talking about is all the sheep that are pregnant at the moment and they have the little baby lambs in their bellies what it means is in the belly. <laughs> so it's yeah. literally talking about lambing season is about to start. The the agricultural calendar is about to shift into springtime mode. So you'll have the spring sowing, the lambs, it's all going to kick off. And that's what Imbolg is about. It's kind of, if you think of the Celtic calendar as like an agricultural calendar is nearly the best way of thinking about it. And Imbolg is that first uh, fire festival that will start off, um, th- you know, the new life and the fertility of spring and summer on the way. And instantly that makes, well, it makes me feel happy yeah because I mean as much as I love and I do I genuinely do love winter mm-hmm. it's time to curl up and yep. be cozy and, <laughs> and hibernate yes. and retreat and all of that but it's also when spring returns it is a is it an opportunity to kind of step out again and yeah. explore and what it's about what it signifies what exactly. it symbolizes is, is lovely yeah so strongly associated with Imbolc is obviously Bridget yes And I am so excited (laughs) that you're here to talk about her because there has been, I really feel like a resurgence in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People talking about Bridget and she's having a renaissance at the moment. Yeah. It's about time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like literally centuries overdue. Yes. Yes. Correct. So like we've had St. Patrick's Day um, in March for for so long now. And that's, I think, so much associated with Ireland and all over the world. People think of St. Patrick's Day and everything. But people often forget that we do have this other patron saint, a patroness, I suppose, um, who is Bridget. And as you said, like she's having this renaissance at the moment. And after this long campaign, so many of us were saying she needs the same recognition as Patrick. Finally, it's arrived. And uh, we have this new public holiday to celebrate Bridget. And I just think it is just amazing. And it's so forward looking while also bearing the past in mind, you know, that she's just this amazing amalgamation of our past, our present and our future. And just looking forward while also looking back. And it's so inclusive of our history as a whole in a way that as much as I love Patrick and his own history she's so inclusive of our whole time on this island women are finding it to be a very empowering time in Ireland at the moment you know we're, we're, we're it's our moment and it's just great that Bridget is here to represent that and yeah. and embody that I suppose but you know Bridget's history is incredible so as you know you're probably know yourself she's kind of two people 
So we have this ancient goddess, Bridget, who uh, our pre-Christian ancestors would have worshipped. And she's part of our mythology and like that whole, like the old pagan, like ritualistic kind of thing that uh, I suppose we were sort of encouraged to forget Mm. (laughs) in centuries Mm. gone by. Um, But there's a great remembrance going on now. And so Bridget, I suppose, like in, in the mythology, we know that she is the daughter of Andagda is what he's called. And this is like this prolific father figure of the two Hadinanan. So in our mythology, basically, it's this whole list of invasions and they happened one after the other. And we had all these different races that lived on the island before eventually we got here. And the two Hadinanan are part of that lineup. So they actually were, they, they lived on this island before we did. And what they are is this like supernatural divine race of um, these powerful gods and goddesses. And we, you might be familiar with some of them, you know, Cleana. Cleana, yeah. <laughs> You're Cleana. Um, we have like Lula Fada. There's, there's just, there's endless um, uh, different figures that pop up. But Bridget was the daughter of this king figure mm. of the two Hadidan and so on Dagda. Um, so we know that she was an important figure in herself. Um, not much is known about who her mother is. Some people will kind of speculate and say um, it could be Danu, uh, who is actually where the two Hadidan and get their name. So mm. they are the followers or the tribe of the goddess Danu. And um, with the kind of mist, like sort of um, mist over who, where her origins are, some people speculate that it could have been Danu, um, which would just lend into this power that she has, you know, this incredible um, background that she has that leads up to her own um, embodiment of power and fire and water and like the elements, earth. She's a fertility goddess. She's mm. creativity, poets, artists. You know, she she just embodies that whole aspect of um, culture on this land. And uh, as well, uh, going into the, the kind of maternal aspect of her, which is really, you know, what her main representation would be. And um, one of the stories about her would be that um, in this great battle that took place years ago, called the Second Battle of Moitura, um, which was fa- basically when the two Hadidanan and the Fomorians were, you know, contending for a dominion over Ireland or, you know, whatever they were arguing about. Yeah. <laughs> she um, had a son called Rudon who was struck down um, in battle. So it's said that Bridget went out onto the battlefield and she held Rudon in her arms and she was crying and wailing. And this was the very first example of um, keening in Ireland. Yes. So, you know, that's that like wail. Um, yeah, and it's this like, you know, wail for the dead. But it's it, it encompasses this like fierce um, maternity that she has and you could say that that's maybe representative of of the whole island this figure that that you know represents fertility and the bringing of new life so that was the goddess Bridget and we know that she was super important to people on this island because when Christianity came along so in around the 5th century uh, they brought her with them <laughs> so, yeah you know and, and uh, uh, I suppose they did and they didn't in a way so we had this this goddess figure Bridget and her day was around the 1st of February but in the meantime once Christianity arrived we had this little nun Bridget as well Bridget of Kildare and uh she has her own, I would call it a mythology as well. You know, the legends of St. Bridget. And uh, she's an incredible woman as well. You know, she was born to a chieftain. Um, so another, like, you know, powerful father figure in her life. Um, but he actually had her with a slave woman. Um, so his wife <laughs> didn't like the thought of Bridget being around. So she was kind of sent off to, to grow up as a slave, basically. And uh, it's her holiness 
could be seen from her childhood. You know, th- there's loads of stories about it. She would give away all her father's possessions to the poor and to those who needed it. Um, there was one story where she gave away her mother's entire store of butter <laughs> to people who needed it. And then, of course, there was the miracle that she prayed and the the, the, the stock was restored and the butter came back and all the rest of it. But uh, what's apparent with um, Bridget of Kildare, the nun Bridget, um, is just this empathy that she has for the needy and for the marginalised and that's beautiful as well mm. you know that's this is just stunning and you know there's so many miracles so she went on and she got her freedom and uh, she went on to found schools so she was tied in with education she founded um, churches and monasteries and she performed many miracles as well and I think there's a lot of like sort of pagany aspects that are still very apparent to me anyway in a lot of the stories of St. Bridget so even the story of her cloak you know the, yeah. the, the cloak that she went to speak to um, the King of Leinster about getting land for her monastery that she wanted to build and he kind of was making fun of her and just having a little bit of a a go at her and he said well whatever your cloak covers you know you can have that so she took the cloak off her back and laid it on the ground and out of nowhere it just grew for acres and acres and acres and covered all this land and he couldn't believe it he was shocked she got more than enough land for her whatever she was doing with it but I can see in that aspect of like this amazing woman's cloak covering the ground and like almost the embrace of her cloak and the mm. warmth and you know the the motherly aspect of that as well and I think that reaches back further into I, I can see anyway definitely there yeah. are elements that have been brought and mixed up and swirled around to get this like amazing picture of this woman um who we celebrate today so to understand Bridget is mm. is do you feel that embracing the goddess along with you know, the saints yeah. is is the way to do it, as in yeah. that they're not separate, that you can actually embrace both and 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 see the beauty of both. I definitely think so. You yeah. know, I definitely think so that I think the way that I like to think of it is that it's it's almost like a handshake between the past and the mm-hmm. present here in Ireland, you yeah. know, yeah. that we didn't we didn't forget the old stories they're there and we know that she's a land goddess and, you know, she's she's so intrinsic to the people who live on this island and the the land and everything that grows and lives on it. But then also, you know, she she embodies, because we have a long history of Christianity on this island as well. And I, mm. I'd hate to think that in our efforts to distance ourselves from the church now, we forget that all these people lived and loved for so many centuries with that in their lives as well. All yeah. our grannies and granddads did, you know. And Beautifully said, yeah. Yeah, and it's just so, it's beautiful to kind of see that the, the past and the present can be one in that way. And definitely she just embodies and represents all of it. So the cross, Bridget's cross. Mm-hmm. Um, we all did them at, well, most of us did them at school. I had memories and still probably yeah. do. Some of us still do them. Yeah. Um, but they're such a symbol. They're such a symbol of this time. Yeah. Oh, I'll be going out and getting my rushes now yeah. in the next few days. I'll be sitting in to do it. I love it. Um, I really do love it, you know, and I don't even see it as a religious thing or anything like that. Yeah. I just love making them. And, you know, the story of uh, the dying king and she was making, she picked up the rushes off the ground that, you know, the fresh rushes that had been laid on the floor to keep it clean. And she picked them up and she made this cross and she was telling him the Bible stories. It's a ritual. And um, that's that's so um, represents as well, kind of what we what we do at this time of year. You know, we're thinking about um, the, the Bridget's presence and for protection, we put it over the door and it's all this ritual of protection and thinking and, you know, keeping in touch with nature. And it's simple. And I think it's it's its simplicity that is the real key that and it's lovely that we've kept this tradition up. She's strongly associated with Smiths as well. Yes. 
Yes, and uh, metalworking. <laughs> so, metalworking, that's it. <laughs> so your swords and your, you know, your daggers and your horseshoes and all these other things, you know, it's the fire that she, you know, you'd be wielding your weapon. And, and that's fire. Goddess Bridget. Yes, that would yeah, be okay. Goddess Bridget. <laughs> which, which one is it? Okay, so how do you think we should honour or celebrate her essence today? How best to do that? And this time of of, of regrowth, mm. of, of returning to spring. Personally, I think, you know, we've talked about Bridget being the past and the present, but we've been given this opportunity to make her the future as well. And I think we should think very carefully about how we want to remember this woman in in a way that's different than what we do with Patrick. So I don't think there's any need for parades or, no, if people want to do it, that's absolutely fine. But I much think that because of her, uh, you know, her, her relevance to um, nature and to the arts and to the environment and the land, wouldn't it be a lovely time of year to just look inwards and reflect on the climate crisis, the biodiversity crisis that we're having here in Ireland at the moment? She really gives us a chance to think um, about things from a spiritual point of view, obviously because of her religious um, background, things from an artistic point of view, from an environmental point of view, and also how we're going to look after um, the poor and the needy as she did um, in her life as well. So if we can reflect on all of these things and see it as the beginning of this, you know, new spring season, how are we all going to go forward and maybe do a little, do a little something to, to help those causes? You know, I, well, that's personally how I think anyway, that maybe we should all um, think of it in that way. You know, that it's, it's a nice time to reflect and to build, I suppose, rather than just have a party or mm, whatever. Yeah, love that. You know? And then you're going to be flat out making... Crush Vrijas. And do you put them above your door? I do. I do. And um, sometimes I'll make the ones with three spokes as well. I I just think they're so cool. (laughs) All right. Not the four. Yeah, you can make four and you can make three. And there's something about the one with three spokes. What did I see that in recently? I think it was actually in the Banshees of Inisherin. I think there was one over the door and I noticed it had three spokes on it instead of four. Oh, yeah. fascinating. And I kind of took note of that and I said, that's kind of cool. How observant of <laughs> you. I, I watched it, but I didn't take that in at all. Well done. Okay, so you're going to be back again in a few months. Yes. Next time will. we are going to be chatting about the fire festival that is Beltana. Yep. Yep. Can't wait. <laughs> Shelley, thanks a million. No problem. Thanks so much, Sheila. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.